Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Legal Geeks, where my geek buddy Josh and I are here to discuss the mind-blowing, the awesome season finale to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I have to say, I slowed down on it a few times this year, but after Captain America, actually before Captain America, but now with Captain America, Winter Soldier, I've come roaring back, and this finale was awesome. I love it, but Josh is really our expert, so he's going to help guide me through it, explain some of it to me, and we're going to talk about some of the legal issues that came up tonight too while we're at it. Hi Josh, how are you? Hello Jessica, greetings from the playground. <laughs> Is the playground one of uh, Director Fury's uh, special secret shield hideouts? You know, I'm in an undisclosed location and let's just leave it at that. I just want to know, is Patton Oswalt there with you? Because I love Patton Oswalt. No, but we would be having a rip-roaring good time if he was. <laughs> I mean, the man's a mega geek. You know, did you see that monologue he did with... The Parks and Recreation monologue yeah. where he talked about J.J. Abrams melding Star Wars and Star Trek together into one great multiverse? That is brilliant. It is one of the most brilliant monologues ever. He's powerful. Powerful. He geek. is. We love you, Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt, if he were ever a guest on our show, that would be, I think, that would be it. That would be the end all and be all. I'd be like, thank you, good night, I'm out of here. That would be it. No, it'd just be the beginning, Jessica. It'd just be the beginning of something greater. That's true. Actually, if we could do a whole S.H.I.E.L.D. theme, we would have to do Agent Coulson, although I have to admit I would have to bring up New Adventures of Old Christine because I adore that show, and I adore him in that show. Um, and then, of course, if we could have a special guest appearance by Thor, possibly if Thor were here with me and we were talking one-on-one, -on -one, that'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> You know, Sorry, podcast, Josh. Our, our podcast is not late night cable chat. You, know, you go back to watching Cinemax and whatever you do in Wisconsin, but that's oh, not Thor. That's not the geek way. That's not what we do. Hey, I have a soft spot for those big Norwegians. What can I say? Okay then. Okay, we're getting distracted. I'm just going to think about Thor now. We'll get we're back to the topic. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Tonight, the season finale. You and I both just watched it. So spoilers, anybody who hasn't watched it, do not watch our podcast, our video, whatever this is called, right now. If you have not seen the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season finale, um, wait, go watch it, and then come back. And we are going to be talking about everything that happened tonight, how awesome it was, the special guest appearance, of course, that made it just fantastic. Um, Josh, give me your first impressions. It was awesome. It was a wonderful reward for everyone who's watched since the pilot, everyone who's been a fan of Agent Coulson, and it's been a good ride. So they did a really nice job. Plus, we got to see Sam Jackson just deliver one-liners, and he's good at that. Oh, my God. He is, like, the coolest man in the universe right now. Like, seriously, I'm just like, Wow, he's so cool. And he's always been cool. I mean, I loved him in The Long Kiss Goodnight. But, of course, ever since Pulp Fiction, his cool credibility is just, you know, top of the charts. But him as Director Fury is fantastic. And he and Agent Coulson exchanging quips while Garrett was having his whole megalomaniac kind of moment, that was just, I thought, one of the highlights of the entire finale. They do that well, and they need to do that two or three times a season, having them have exchanges like that. Because... 
they obviously are comfortable with each other, and it was fun. They have a great rapport. And of course, I mean, this is what I love about Joss Whedon shows, right? You know, you've got the action, you've got the other fun stuff. But the thing that makes it a Joss Whedon, and this goes back to my love for Buffy, is quips, the great dialogue, how, you know, the heroes, even when everything is against them, how they can still have those great one-liners, the great pop culture kind of references. Um, that's, to me, what takes is kind of what could be either a scary or just an action-filled kind of moment. It makes it fun and entertaining. And that's why I love Joss Whedon shows and movies. Um, and so you really saw that on display tonight. And Agent Coulson and Director Fury were awesome with that. And also uh, at the climb, post-climax with John Garrett, that was, that, yes. was, that was full on homage to Buffy with the full monologue and everything. Very similar to like Buffy vs. Dracula. Uh, very similar to um, Adam stabbing his creator while she was monologuing. So it was, it was pure Josh Whedon at that moment. That is exactly right. That's right. The big bad having his monologue in this great dramatic moment and then just cut short almost as an afterthought by the hero. That is classic Joss, and that is awesome. So, okay, speaking of which, I keep calling him Director Fury, but actually, according to the end of tonight, we have a new director in town, right? Yeah, and I don't know if that would be legal, but if anyone's <laughs> going to rebuild S.H.I.E.L.D., Coulson as director is the way to do it because he represents – the institution and the soul of it. And looking back post Winter Soldier, where we had Colson go through a crucible. Yeah. And his little meltdown in Canada yelling, you know, we are the shield, it has to mean something, and throwing his badge was fantastic. It, it was the entire moral justification for what he had done with his adult life and to protect people. So to have that and to have him elevated to it's up to you to rebuild this, to set right what went wrong, is beautiful. The problem with it is, okay, S.H.I.E.L.D. was pretty much funded by the U.S. government. They're operating in a vacuum, running around. There was that entire, weren't there arrest warrants issued for all those guys? They've also slapped around U.S. soldiers, and they, they never killed a good guy. So let, let's be... Since Tahiti, they haven't killed any good guys, so, you know, that's a good thing. But it's, so where's, one, the authorization to go, hey, you're in charge, because it's not, you know, Fury, you know, knighting Phil Coulson. Right. Well, it's also, yeah, not something you can pass on. I hereby pass on to you my, um, yeah, director thing. It's not even, well, and again, that calls into question, are they a U.S.-based operation, right? And then at what level do they operate? Because, of course, the president has to, you know, nominate anyone at the secretarial or that level um, position, and then it has to be approved by the Senate. Presumably, the, you know, even if S.H.I.E.L.D. were a U.S. operation, well, the director of the CIA, right, he has to be nominated, and the FBI, they both have to be nominated and approved. Approved. So S.H.I.E.L.D. in theory would be at that level. But again, I've always gotten the impression that while U.S. is a primary backer of S.H.I.E.L.D., S.H.I.E.L.D. is not a U.S.-only operation. It comes out of World War II. To me, it's always been a vaguely NATO-esque kind of operation, um, maybe NATO's CIA kind of arm or something. So I don't know, and I forget what our procedures are in the U.S. for you know appointing our representatives to NATO. Is that kind of an ambassador-level thing? Yeah, the Senate's still involved, but I'm not quite sure. Any admiral, general, you know, when they're getting the extra star, like, you know, the new commandant to the Coast Guard, he had to get 
appointed by the Senate. So you're going to have a conference. Oh, really? So a four or five star general or a commandant has to actually get Senate approval? Yeah. So oh, I did not know that. All right. Interesting. So I have a friend who was a three-star admiral in the Coast Guard, and he's described Senate hearings as, as like, you know, dental procedures, and <laughs> they're not exactly fun. So no professional who's dedicated their lives, you know, really enjoys going before the U.S. Senate because sure. – so especially in a post-Hydra Marvel universe, that would have really have to suck as well. But – before we get too deep into that half of it, remember the little cube toolbox that Fury gave Coulson. Might right. Been, what is that beyond like a computer chip? I don't know, but that's the beauty of season two. But that <laughs> probably has little tips on perhaps who to call, perhaps bank accounts, because money has to come from someplace. People still got to eat. Fury was running around with a team when they pulled Fitz and Simmons out of the water. So, That's true. and you know, treating people for the bends, you know, just you don't run around with that stuff and go like, I got it at Radio Shack. So there has to be resources, and who knows? Maybe Shield invented Velcro. Maybe they own the patents on some things, and there is money that's been funneled through the Cayman Islands and Swiss bank accounts, so they can have operating accounts. But there would have to be really good lawyers, computer hackers, and that sort of thing who set stuff up in like the 60s, 70s and maintained it for 30 years to or 40 in some cases. So they would have secret operating funds so they could just keep going. Yes. All right. That is a fair point. You do need to have money because otherwise I could be the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. But yeah, if I don't have any money and of course spies, that's always one of the great things about any spy movie or spy book. Um, when they're on the run, they always have like, you know, lockers at bus depots or, you know, special uh, boxes at the bank where they have like tons of cash, some extra guns, a passport kind of thing. So apparently all of our spies, they're skimming money, like their expense reports, I guess they're adding on extra mileage or something to their, um, to their expense reports, but they do always have money. But yeah, Fury, for Agent Coulson or Director Coulson to rebuild S.H.I.E.L.D., he's going to need substantial money, and I'm not quite sure where that money is going to come from. Although it would be awesome if it turns out S.H.I.E.L.D. is actually like a patent, a non-practicing entity, I should say, that maybe they own a whole bunch of patents and they just hire lawyers and they enforce their patent rights, and that's how they're uh, you know, defending the world from aliens and Hydra is through these patent litigation suits. That'd be pretty awesome. That, or they're just collecting royalties. In <laughs> this mailbox money coming in, you know, and that's then funneled through. You know, it's like every time you buy something on iTunes, S.H.I.E.L.D. gets a dollar. You know, maybe... <laughs> Maybe it's something like that. And then it goes through a really complicated chain of, you know, bank transfers, and that's how they have money coming in. I don't know. And to the writers, I don't know if you want to get like that kooky and that granular, but if you do, call us. We were totally down with figuring that out for you. Give you a very good rate. All right, well, let's talk about another part of this, of course. The, you know, and it is funny, I was thinking actually about Star Wars and the Clone Wars, and it does seem to be a recurring theme, I guess, with a lot of these. And actually, again, Buffy had it too that the key for any big bad to take over, they need to have a good army. And that usually means a super indestructible army that doesn't think for themselves, sort of thing, right? I mean, that's the Clone Wars. Um, that was the, oh, the big bad, the super devils in the last season of, or not devils, the super um, vampires in the last season of Buffy. 
and of course with these um, cyber soldiers that CyberTech had in um, that Garrett was trying to control. And it turns out that all these poor soldiers had that, what did they call it? Was it the Cybertronic eye? Yeah, so the eye that's a bomb in their head. And there's right. all the handlers apparently had the incentive program, which is somebody that's being held against their will and probably the different soldiers as well. And they were looking to expand operations to add another hundred of them. Now, thinking about that, so just from the plot point of view, it's very nice in the beginning of the story. They say, like, yes, next door we're expanding. That's why we have all the construction equipment, which is conveniently there for the fight, which is in the dark. I really would like in season two them to ha stop having fights in the dark. It's cheaper. You don't need to have the sets as well designed if everything's in the dark. But you do it all the time. People notice. True. So, people but that was a good fight with a good ending. I like the use of the nail gun at the end, so I can't complain too much. It was very lethal weapon. You know, it worked. And oh, wow, that's right. Using the nail gun, and you know, she could have said "nailed you" or something like that, or <laughs> you know, that's, for nailing that's the last me. time I'm going to nail you. <laughs> yeah, that's for nailing me. Whatever, whatever. She could have had. They could have gone blue, you know, and there could have been, but. She could have gone blue, but she didn't, and that was classy. So, uh, but I thought, like, oh. but okay, but yes, back to the soldiers. You got distracted by the nail gun. Back to the soldiers, and yes, it's a horrible incentive program. It does bring up, right? It's kind of the whole like Nazi. I was only following orders, defense, taken to a real extreme, where they're basically all doing something. In theory, I mean, they did reference volunteers, so in theory, there were some people, possibly Hydra people who are volunteering to do all this. But a lot of these people were being forced to do it um, because either they would have their skulls essentially blown up or because they're, they had loved ones that would be hurt. And that calls in, of course, you know, how far can you go to defend yourself or defend other people? Um, well, when you get into the duress as a defense, and I explored this in the first time we saw the exploding eyeball in right. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you would have it up to a point, but when you start killing people, that's where things get very fuzzy because they're not going to, no judge is going to give you a free pass for murder. And for murder. It's not really self defense. It's not defense of another, right? This is, you don't get to murder someone to prevent yourself from being murdered or somebody else being murdered. Well, the, the defense would be duress and being right. able to say, if I didn't. But I don't think you get it to that level. No, you could say I had to steal the plans or else my head would explode. The you know, the court's going to go, yeah, okay. We're going to yes. give you that. You know, a jury is like, oh, all right, that's fair enough. But being able to go, my skull would explode, therefore I killed 50 people, that's rougher to get around. And So poor Deathlock, in other words, does not have a very good defense. Yeah, well, well, the people he did kill were in Italy, and they were traitors anyway, so that might be a mulligan. We uh, might be able to overlook that. They wouldn't overlook it, but they go like, well, they were bad guys anyway. So not that we like that, but don't ever do that again. Uh, they, they'd probably find a way around that one because this isn't – they were bad people to begin with. They were. And of course, he's going to go now. And this is always a great recurring theme that you see in a lot of um, literature and movies, but, you know, trying to go redeem himself. And again, it's one of those weird things. And he'll always be gun to me, too. So it's always hard to kind of look at him as Deathlock. So I'm like, no, that's gun from Angel. I love him. Um, 
but this whole idea of it, you know, he was never truly bad, but he was doing bad things because, again, of worrying about the chip in his head. And as a mother, I'm very sympathetic to the fact that he was trying to protect his son. But nevertheless, he did do some pretty bad things. Um, and the question is, you know, he's now going to try and redeem himself. Legally, I don't know that he can, but even, you know, the moral attempt to redeem himself will be interesting. Yeah, and that's where you'd start getting into presidential and gubernatorial pardons. Yeah. Because, well, you could get a pardon from the president for any of the federal crimes. Each state where somebody died would require a pardon from that governor. Yeah, separate pardons. Well, he better go do, he really has to redeem himself then. Yeah, and going over state's evidence might be one way around that because I think they would be sympathetic with like, so your head was going to explode and they were going to kill your kid and you avoided killing people where possible. Okay, because he did avoid killing, you know, one of the agent, Agent Blake. So he didn't kill Blake. So there's that in his favor. But all the others, you know, you have to look at what's his body count. If it's just in Italy with bad guys, you know, they might be able to figure a way around. I was like, okay, you're never going to Italy again. Right. You so, and is it Google executives that needed to stay out of Italy? Where was it that the Google executives were getting in trouble? I think that might have been Italy that they need to stay out of. So he's got good company. Amanda Knox can never go back. They can uh, hang out together. Exactly. Plus, you have to look at what kind of redemption he's trying to do. If he's going to go start killing bad guys on the side. It's like, you know, if, you're, if you want to do that, go see if the FBI needs some help doing that sort of thing. Because if you want to go conduct law enforcement exercises, go make it official. And yeah. because it's, I want to go put right what I made wrong. Well, okay, there are government agencies where you could actually do that. And you don't have to live under rocks. Now, the, the odd thing about death law is the cybernetics are attached outside of the clothes. So that means that dude can never change clothes again. And those, that turtleneck is going to go to hell fairly quickly. So, uh, and getting off a pair of pants and changing, that's going to be kind of complicated too with that prosthetic on his leg that is his right leg. So huh. there's, there's that. He uh, has many challenges, poor guy. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing about him is he didn't, with Garrett, who is enhanced, you yes. know, the bionic leg to the face or would have been hurtful, uh, but probably was necessary to stop Garrett. But from a self-defense point of view, he was on the ground. He was moving towards a weapon. And that's where things get funky going like, well, what do we do? And at that point you could go, you know, Garrett was a bad man. How many shield agents died? You know, he ripped out a general's rib and then stabbed him with it. You well, know, he let out the entire fridge, all the people in the fridge. Yeah. So that's the sort of thing that we don't want law enforcement having people fall down the stairs and then somehow fall up them. Uh, we don't like that as a country, but we kind of give them a free pass when a bad guy of that nature suddenly gets smacked around a little bit. That's, uh, who knew? Uh, he, he had to knock him out for his own safety. 
That's right. Well, and of course, and this comes to the other bad guy who's not quite as bad, but what do you do with him, right? And that's uh, Ward. So, I mean, bad guy still fighting with Sky at the end, fighting with May. That fight was awesome. Um, but at the end, obviously, he's being led away in handcuffs. He's apparently going to be put in prison by, and that's my other question, I guess. You know, you're right. They kind of talk about that. I mean, there's implied that soldiers are somehow involved there at the end, and they're leading them all away. Are those shield people? Is that soldiers? So is this all under, like, some military control? Do they get, you know, court-martialed as opposed to a regular prison or re- regular criminal case? Um, that's actually not clear now that I think about that. So that's kind of an odd legal question. Like, who asserts jurisdiction over them and the crimes they can Committed. But um, are they considered enemies of the state? I mean, is Ward Canadian? He seems like he might be Canadian. <laughs> He's from Massachusetts. So. Oh, right. I don't know where I got the Canadian vibe. Yes. Oh, I'm kidding. I love Canadians. Um, but anyway, but you know, so he's going to be led away, but they obviously make some references to torture there, which again, you know, yes, on a TV show and he's a bad guy, you're like, oh, that's not so bad. But obviously, torture is wrong. A little, you know, emotional torture, some torment, reminding him he's an maybe, oops, isn't that bad, but, um, but actual torture, you know, I love Agent Coulson, and I'm sympathetic to his feelings about Ward betraying him, but the torture actually is a no-no. Yeah, but he didn't actually, the way it went down with, I'm going to make your life very unpleasant, and I'm, you know, you can walk by the cell and go like, you're a jerk. You killed babies. You are a horrible human being. But Agent May jumping in with, you know, and some external too, because she still wants another pound of flesh. And and Coulson going like, and a little of that, while I morally agree with him, we don't do that. You know, we don't do that. You don't smack prisoners around. We have an Eighth Amendment, Mm -hmm. and we just don't do that. Now, you might, you know, putting somebody in solitary confinement for too long can violate the Eighth Amendment. They're... There's all kinds of, you can't just throw them away in a dungeon and not feed them, not care for them, not provide them medical care. And on the flip side, Ward has enough crimes attached to him to be put into a firing squad. Well, I mean, being part of Hydra has to be treason against the government. I mean, they were trying to, yeah. And, and, And they went to New Mexico with the point of, you know, starting a coup. So right. yeah. It's, so it's clearly treason. Yeah. Not mild treason. This isn't like arrested development, you know, despite having a messed up childhood. This is full <laughs> treason. Okay. Yeah, it's very sad that somebody won't, you know, that Garrett wanted Ward to shoot Buddy the dog. That, that was, was sad. But Ward should have thought about Buddy when he started capping shield agents left and right in the back of the head. Not okay. No. And what has he done to Fitz, of course, right? I mean, that's a question. Is Fitz going to be back next year? Is he going to be, you know, severely handicapped? I mean, I guess that's something that was a spoiler or a, what, a cliffhanger for next year. We'll have to find out what happens to him. And part of that, here's what bothered me as a dude. Fitz endured the worst torture a male can endure in being friend-zoned. And after getting friend zoned, he was still willing to lay down his life to save her with a broken arm. Somehow he's able to strap her in to the compartment so that way she wasn't hurt. Willing to lay down his life to 
blow out that window and have her with the oxygen tank so she could make it to safety, willing to die. And he got friend zoned. Yes, I think to be fair, that happens to men and women. Women can get friend zoned too and make great sacrifice for these men that they have this unrequited love for. But yes, that was very sweet. It did make me wonder if that sort of love and devotion will be will pay off in the next season. Um, it's actually kind of funny too because when they were down there and he's like trying to sacrifice himself for her, I don't even like the movie Titanic, but it reminded me very much of Kate and Leo at the end of Titanic, um, which is ironic because Bill Pullman, Garrett, no, Gil, Bill Paxton, I always get those two confused, whichever one of was that Garrett was actually in Titanic, ironically. So, um, but I also am like, wow, it's like a whole Titanic thing with the like, no, no, I'll stay in the freezing cold water. You float on the door. It was more Airport 77 uh, in my view, but that, oh. that's just me. And I know I'm impressing people by just busting that out. Jack Lemon and Jimmy Stewart fighting the good fight together. But to, to think about Fitz and what he endured. Simmons is a doctor. I'm a little surprised she wasn't that she went to go greet the team that when, you know, her childhood friend who loves her, who was willing to die for her, that she went to go say hi to them. You think she'd be hanging out by the hospital bed, hoping for recovery because she's also a medical doctor. You think she might want to be around a little in that case. True. Maybe she knows that there's not much hope or she's done everything she can. And it made for a good dramatic moment, too. They had to do it, of course. That is, you know, to be fair, you know, I can see that maybe it's like, well, he's not going to wake up for a while. I didn't even clean the blood up off of me. I'm going to go say hi to the rest of the team because there's another dead dude who's back. And I kind of want to be here for that one. So, speaking of which, very nice segue. We have to talk about what we started this all with. We end with what we started with, the great Patton Oswalt, who is back. And, of course, I was totally confused. I'm like, did he not really die? Did Ward not really kill him? Is this a twin brother? I assume twin brother, but I think you may have a different thought. So, while the first uh, Patton Oswalt mentioned playing Call of Duty with his brother, over the internet. Oh, right. What I think we have here are LMDs, and they are calling each other brother. Uh, LMD, and explain, yes, okay, explain LMDs to me again. Classic Shield goes back for decades. They stand for Life Model Decoy. So they would be a robot, a very humanoid robot that could pass as a Life Model Decoy. Oh. Ah. So, but that means the first one actually bled and died. And so, which would mean it's more like an android. Okay, I was going to ask, how, because Ward should have at least known something about this. And so maybe he didn't care. He's like, I just need to kill whatever this is. And I'm not going to, you know, examine how it's dying. So you have robots. Okay. Then you have androids, which would be mechanical on the inside. That's like data from Star Trek. Then you'd have synthoids. What are those? Synthoid would have been the original Human Torch which had the little cameo in Captain America, the first Avenger. And so they could be reaching back to that. But a synthoid mimics all life functions, has internal organs as opposed to gears and mechanics. So it's a synthetic. Oh, okay. So the life model decoys wouldn't be androids. They would be synthoids. 
if that's the way they're going with it. And if they figured out a way to use blue alien goo to resurrect somebody, they probably figured out how to do a synthoid of somebody in the early 1940s did that as well. All right. Well, no matter how they did it, I was very happy that to see Patton Oswalt again because I thought his time on Shield was too short. So if he's back and gets to you know stay around next season, that will be fantastic news. Um, I guess any other thoughts on what we might see at the beginning of next season? I'm hoping that we're going to see more of the 1960s style Shield. That we're going to see. Is- you know, Director Coulson issuing orders, going out and taking care of things, that they'll be using gadgets, that this will be more sci-fi elements brought into it because that always worked. Because they were busting out different toys to shoot people and sound effects and all of those neat things that you want super spies to have. So we'll probably see a little of that. We'll probably see, you know, since he's kind of like the Boy Scout of S.H.I.E.L.D., figuring out how to rebuild because there's a huge branding issue that S.H.I.E.L.D. has. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go back <laughs> to the original anacronym. Which was so, what? Supreme Headquarters International Espionage Law Enforcement Division. So I oh. So if they do that as opposed to strategic... Uh, there could be a spin there. Uh, I don't know if, because you still need something to fight Hydra. Mm-hmm. And with the attempted coup, they might go, all right, let's try something different as opposed to the international one. Let's have it be U.S. based and have it be um, more under U.S. control, more oversight, more within the chain of command. Or they're just going to try being rogue, be their own little nation state conducting law enforcement, which I would not recommend. I see that ending no. badly. Uh, so integrating within the system more would probably serve them well from a PR perspective. Also, it should stop things like torturing prisoners and all that good stuff. Because you, when you wanted to arrest all those guys, you did have to call the U.S. government for help. You did, yes. At the end of the day, you just don't have the manpower or the resources for that. Okay, so so I have to say, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. has been awesome this year. It got me into Captain America. I really like the crossovers between the movies and the TV shows. Are there any other Marvel movies coming up that they'll be able to work into the next season of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I think they are, because with Guardians of the Galaxy coming out on August 1st, you have, who was the blue dude? That upper body corpse that oh, yeah. built for the serum at the guest house that resurrected Coulson and made John Garrett more of a jerk than he already was. <laughs> so, uh, it goes back to the Erkston uh, point of view that good becomes great and bad becomes worse when you get right. And so if you're a raging schmuck to begin with, you're not cool later. Uh, the same, oh. same said with money, that if you're a nice person, you get lots of money, it just, you're nicer, you do more things. If you're a jerk, uh, it's on steroids. But that's not uh-huh. Interesting. I, never, I know several I dated that then should not be given the serum because they would just get worse. <laughs> We're going to have to do a lot of post-production on this one because of, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you went through a bad bad people but let's uh, looking at the blue dude it could be Cree, and the Cree are tied to the inhumans and sky could be an inhuman 
Because what oh. we saw was mommy or daddy dearest at the end. So they could be in humans and they're connected because the Cree did experiments and that's got us the Inhumans. So that's a long story. Won't get into it. But the Cree are in Guardians of the Galaxy. So maybe Coulson carving on the wall all those alien symbols could mean the Cree. So that could be a connection to Guardians. Could be something else. I don't know, but I'm thinking it's a connection to the Cree. So we'll see. We will see. Interesting. All right. I did not think about that. Yes. What is Sky? Well, that's a good connection. Well, I have to say, I think we both agree that this season, I was excited about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when it started. I did fade on it in the middle for a little while. We've talked about it being a little bit slow in the middle, but um, it definitely came back and finished with a bang. I thought it was awesome. I totally enjoyed the finale tonight, and I can't wait for next season. Josh, how about you? Any final words? Well, not just S.H.I.E.L.D., but Agent Carter. The fact that Marvel has beat DC to the punch with a female lead TV show is impressive that Hallie Atwell is awesome. So I think she's going to be great. So that's actually something to look forward to and having cold war era, bad guys and everything taking place in the late forties. We'll get to see cool shield gadgets at the beginning. So I think it will look a lot like more Jack Kirby's vision of S.H.I.E.L.D. back then. So yeah. that could be kind of fun and uh, Steranko and everything that he was doing in the late 60s. So that could be fun. And I see Wilson coming this way. Wilson. And, oh, Wilson. Uh, yes. Yes, I'm dog-sitting. So. Yes, you're going to have to post a picture of Wilson now because Wilson is adorable so that all of our geek fans can see how freaking cute Wilson is. But yes, Agent Carter is exciting, and I am totally now lobbying um, for a Lady Sith series as well. I think with the whole Games of Thrones, people into medieval things, and you've got the whole Norse mythology, Lady Sith with the three warrior dudes is kind of her backup crew, you know, muscle slash comedy relief would be an awesome show. So please, I would also love to see Lady Sith with her own show. As would I. And so that could be Netflix, or it could be... Off-season. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of ways that they could do that. So with that, job well done, producers, actors, and story writers on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You ended strong. Good ride. I basically blogged about all of them. I, I think <laughs> one or two I didn't, but I think I got them all. So thanks for all of the material you gave me. Appreciate that a lot. So job well done. And America, stay geeky. Stay geeky, America.